Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Desperateprods.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Drummer today, we got Birdie. Some of this made me uncomfortable. And Nico. Hey, what's up? And yeah, we're here to talk about fucking comics. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods came out not too long ago, and everyone fucking hated it. So we figured what better time to celebrate the legacy of this fucking storied character. Hate is a strong word. I was disappointed. (laughs) I guess I'm the odd man out. I've yet to see this one. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. It's not the only one who's seen it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I also I also haven't seen the 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 Rock one either though. I've only seen the original movie, the first yeah, one. But who cares it about seems the Rock to be one? Increasingly likely that because of the 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 Rock is the reason this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you listen to any of Zachary Levi's very desperate ramblings on Twitter, yeah, emphasis on desperate, <laughs> desperate. Oh. <laughs> oh really? He's like scrambling to save the franchise, or what's going on? No, just, just he he's, he effectively flailing, started begging I, people I to watch flailing. the movie. Like, have you ever seen someone flail while they're talking? Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, David F. Sandberg was like, "Hey, yeah, movie didn't turn out how I hoped. Oh well, I'm never making a superhero movie again." So that's the opposite of what they did when that Fantastic Four came out, and it was not the movie where the director just fucking talked shit about the film the whole time when it yeah, came out. No. <laughs> yeah, that that was Fantastic. That's right. Yeah, that was the one where it yeah, came out. He's like, he's like <laughs> the opposite. I, Don't watch yeah, this. D- film. David F. Sandberg <laughs> seems like a decent guy and is just trying to be professional about it, <laughs> and oh, not boy. some weird fucking what is it, Josh Trank. Yeah, Josh Trank, the fork fan four stick guy. Yeah. Anyway, so today, as you can tell by the title, we're taking a look at the power of Shazam, the trade paperback that preceded the um, series from 1994, uh, written and illustrated by Jerry Ordway. And this is, I believe, DC's second attempt at reintroducing Captain Marvel to the universe. Uh, yes, and I, what's funny is I think Jerry Ordway also did the first one. Yeah, it's... It's fucking wild. Like, Because he wrote for... Jerry Ordway wrote for... for um, If you look at some of the other big collections of the uh, 70s, like the super silly 70s Captain Marvel, Jerry Ordway was writing that as well. So... He's kind of closely connected to this character, and he's also apparently heavily involved with uh, the John Byrne Man of Steel run as well. So, yeah, I'm um, looking at. Yeah, that's generally where I know of Jerry Ordway's like 80s, 90s Superman comics. And um, yeah, I mean, I mainly know him as a DC guy. And uh, if you're saying he's been working since the 70s, then. It makes sense because his his style definitely is more of like a, an old school lick looking kind of uh, art style, I would say. Like uh, definitely of something. Uh, even even reading this, it was a book in the '90s. Kind of feels out of place some at times, unless you're going for a classic kind of you know comic look. I would say in his art style. Yeah, this is real like pulp serials, like some Doc Samson looking motherfuckers. I, I, I kind of just want to say this at the top of the of the show before we get into it, because like now I kind of feel like a dick because I was going to comment on one thing I'll say is I didn't really like the coloring on this book. It kind of looked like garish to me. And then I'm reading the intro of the actual 
uh, copy I have here of the paperback, which I missed, and it actually does say that it was a painted graphic novel. So yeah, I can, I can this, kind of get that impression. Although uh, you finish, then I'll give my uh, thoughts, uh, I, I, I want to say about the art. Yeah, I, I still like I you know I didn't want to start with that, but like I still I didn't love the art on this book. But I, I just kind of just read that literally right now, and I did not know that this was painted until now. <laughs> so that that makes a bit of a difference. Like I guess in terms of like me saying that, like I, I can appreciate it. I guess a little bit more, but I still don't feel that the color work was complementary to the art. Uh, it kind of just looks muddled and garish, like looking to me at times. I don't know. Well, like, I just, it's, it's very, I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. And I think it's a combination of the art and the color. Yeah. Here's what I want to say about the art. Um, I mentioned this offhand when I finished reading it a couple of week or two back and looking at the art again, I'm kind of reinforcing it. Have either of you ever seen Johnny Quest? Yes. Cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded of that in that if you look at like for particularly like the the action scenes in the original uh, Hanna Barbera Johnny Quest, everything was so heavily inked that it mm. looked like it shouldn't move. So when it does move, it looks weird. Okay, I'm probably going to be the odd man out here. Okay. I didn't mind it. I I I. I kind of enjoy the artwork in this. Like I, there are certain points where it goes from being this like very like pulpy serial look, like especially like um, the look of Captain Marvel himself, which is this fucking like perfect square jaw. And then you get the, they get the guy who becomes black Adam and every once in a while, he just looks like a very well drawn, realistic dude. Mm. And so it looks very out of place, but I really enjoyed the coloring. It like gave it this very like, pulpy over the top like saturday morning cartoon kind of vibe to me at least like like very garish yes well, yeah again johnny quest that's like that's pulpy saturday morning cartoon yeah and See, and this thing is very pulpy it's like like right. the, like, the, like the fucking the entire beginning of this thing is a fucking like pulp story yeah and i think part of it is just the tonal disjoint between how ludicrous some of the characters look how cartoonishly ludicrous some of the characters look and how attempted realistic they're drawn. That I get. And, and just to share a bit of art from the main series, uh, they, they clearly went more for a more typical, less lined, inked, ink, drawn in ink style, and it kind of plays better, but it's not as distinctive. See, see, see I would argue that the, the... Oh, the one that you just put up. Yes. Okay, see, this. what I was going to say is... I there I think there is too many lines in this art which is what is the reason why I also don't love it is because it's not as clean lined as I would think of something like even like what you were referring to or something like of of you know what I mean like I like something like a like a Chris Somney that kind of tries to do like or Evan Doc Shane or like more modern artists that try to do like this throwback even like a Darwin Cook like they apply more like they do this class classic DC kind of style of like I guess like animation or this kind of stuff. Like I feel like when I see their stuff, but but not to the point where there's like a lot of line work on it. Whereas this I felt was a lot of line work on the art. And then when you apply the color to it, it didn't work for me as much, right? But I, well, I'm glad. I don't know. I'm glad to hear Dead liked it though. I just I, I get the yeah, pulpiness the, of it. It works for in that sense. Yeah, the pulpiness but. is is good stylistically. It's just I think. Um, 
the way the, the way I feel about the lines is it feels like someone uh drew line work like cut like pencil line work for a painting they then painted it but then they did heavy line work over the painting okay. so in some cases it looks like it's it, it looks like it was overshaded unnecessarily and that some of the intricacies of the art are kind of lost in the overlining of it because of the style but i'm not opposed to the style in any way it works it just is first for me a little off-putting as i was reading it yeah and that's fair like it's like this isn't my favorite art but i i think i do think i enjoyed it overall more than right but yeah like having having black adam standing next to savannah was very like oh they look like they don't belong in the same book well, yeah, particularly uh, when um, uh, Evil Adam turns into Black Adam. And I'm just calling him Evil Adam because that just seems to be his character even before he's possessed. But Well, no, like, it seems like we don't really get to see his character before he gets possessed because he's possessed immediately. Uh, I got, The impression I get from this is that he was kind of an evil, greedy bastard and then that led to him being possessed. The way they evil. described it, he was a yeah. The, the way like it, the way that like I saw it, or I've read it at least, was like effectively since getting here and getting that close to like the tomb or whatever, where the where the Shazam where the Shazam powers are, that like made things worse. Just kind of a dick, yeah, and then just, just kind of a dick, and then oh, let's just expand that. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into the story itself, because uh, just oh. as a warning to viewers and I guess to Dead and Nico, uh, there's a couple points in this where I'm going to be referencing the 2019 movie, just as for comparison's sake, because some parts of that movie, as an origin to Captain Marvel, I like better than this. Okay. Uh, before we actually do get into it, though, I want to talk a bit about the history of the character. Because that is one of my favorite aspects of the character is just the wild fucking history this guy has had in like the real world. Right. Okay. Yeah, because you those... mentioned him shooting Arabs. Any mention of the fictional character shooting real Arabs? What? Yeah. Uh, no, you. I'm just. I watched um, the original Captain Marvel serials are currently being uh, riffed by the MST3K people. Ah. And. The first thing that he does as Captain Marvel is uh, pull out a M16, a machine gun, and start shooting people of Arab descent. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was, it was like the history of like, of like his creation of popularity to the lawsuit to the follow up revivals to where he is now. Okay, because like he was made in like late 30s, early 40s, and kind of very quickly became like the most popular hero in the world until national comics, the precursors of DC comics were like, Hey, that's our Superman. You fuckers sued the company out of existence, bottle their characters. Hmm. And then that led to the fucking creation of Marvel man, which that whole thing is a fucking nightmare and wild. And I love it. It's why, um, Watchmen exists. Yeah, and then like three, and then like uh, like three other people or like three other things tried bringing back Captain Marvel in some capacity, 
where like uh, this uh, company, um, MF Enterprises, produced a thing that was a Captain Marvel, but it was just some android guy that could that could just like split apart his body. Hmm. Uh, a guy named Bill Black attempted to boot him up again in like the 60s uh, in like a Marvel comic style. However, his lawyer was like, hey, don't do that. You want to get sued like Fawcett? Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. Um, CC Beck, uh, the original artist. Uh, I think they did right. like a, I think they did like a special for a company called Rockets Blast. Which, uh, I guess the character in this is is uh, named after the CC thing, his father in this book, right? Which yeah, which I, I, which I appreciate. Yeah, no, I appreciate it too. But I mean, I th- again, I think going in cold to this, not knowing that, and they start kind of throwing around his name, CC, you're like, oh, what does that stand for? Then you don't really find out till like later in the story, right? And then you, and then you, at the end of it, it kind of says dedicated to him, right? Or something like that, I think, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm but, yeah, but like... it was. Comic book creators being self-indulgent with their references to people they respect. Oh, they love doing that. They yeah, fucking I mean, love even, it. yeah, I mean, even like in Batman comics, they're like, oh, we're going down, uh, you know, Dick Giordano Drive or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like something like that where it's like, yeah. uh, you know, put put a creator's name on like a street or or like, you know, tip of the hat in some, uh, some yeah. way. Like the Batman right? TAS yeah. did it so much that I, but I was too young when I watched it the first time. So I'm just now picking up on it. Yeah. The amount of Eastman and Laird references throughout the entirety of the Ninja Turtles. TMNT. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I yeah. wonder if that's an ego trip because Eastman and Laird, particularly uh, Laird, seem to be kind of controlling egomaniacs. Eh. The fun thing about them, too, is in the comics, there was a lot of nods to uh, Jack Kirby, of course, because that was their biggest inspiration. Even a character called Kirby, right? Yeah, like the that's, king. They, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's that that they that, that was their version of that. Even they had to kind of yeah, tip their Everyone fucking does it. If you, if yeah, you make yeah. comic books in any capacity... You will try to sneak in references and nods to people you respect in the industry. I mean, you kind of have to only in the sense like that's the reason that you're in the business. And it's not like a business like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like a business where it's that huge. Yeah, it's not huge. It's also not like flashy. Yeah. So if anything inspired you to go down that path and then you finally creatively get to kind of put that on the page, then of course you're going to use that. that absolutely. Gonna, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they're going to find one character you love and go, hey, fucking guys won this character. Let me do something stupid with him. Look, I have this character design. It's this fucking weird bullshit. He's got a, he's got a metal pipe. Batmite's there. It's great. Fucking Batman of Zuren R nonsense. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so let's get into the power of Shazam. And for reference for those who don't know, the character's name is Captain Marvel. We're going to be referring to him as Captain Marvel throughout. Nowadays, he's known as Shazam. Actually, sorry, can I just add on to that? Actually, so they're going to be uh, Mark Wade, I think, is the newest person who's going to be rebooting a new series this month or I think next week even. Uh, him and Dan Mora on art, which is going to be great. Oh, I oh think. Wait, Mark yeah. Wade and Dan Mora? Yeah. Oh, are relaunching Shazam Starting next week, I believe. It's either a week or two from now. The first issue comes out. So uh, at the time of this recording. So yeah. they're the actually going to be called. Against- the only problem with it again is they once again have to fuck over Mary Marvel, but that's a DC tradition at this point. Yeah. There's that, and, and the new name for him is just the Captain now. Boo! Just so you know, but 
Fuck you. Other than that, other than that, other than that, though, I have high hopes for that book. I just want to put that out there. I think that's a great team. And and Mark Wade, he's been doing this whole kind of corner of the DCU lately with his World's Finest stuff that feels like an older kind of DC Golden Age kind of throwbacky type style to it. And like Mark Wade's great at that. Like he knows these characters, you know. So like yeah. I, I have I have high hopes for that book. Damn so I want to give Mora. a shout out for that. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, we've been talking about him from the Klaus days. Right? Yeah, from the Klaus days. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to try to get the Batman Superman World's Finest trade, but they were well, ridiculously stuff. slow letting that one out because they were making so much money off the individuals. Yeah, it's good stuff. I've been re- I've been reading it in singles, really good. But yeah, so apparently when people are reading the book uh throughout its history up until I believe the New 52, apparently people were very confused. It's like the book's called Shazam, but the guy inside isn't. Right. So then DC was like, okay, yeah, we're just naming him Shazam now. Which I will always say is a stupid fucking idea because that's the word he uses to change. If, if if your superhero name is the name that you say to s- turn into the superhero yeah, that, thing, you a, can never introduce yourself to anybody. That's like a college humor joke. And that and actually, they made that joke in um, Fury of the Gods, and it was tiresome there, too. <laughs> they made that joke in Miracle Man. Like, straight up, in Miracle Man, Kid Miracle Man and Young Miracle Man, who are the Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel equivalents, their word to transform is Miracle Man. And so when he's fighting Kid Miracle Man, like his grown-up form where he's basically a god, and then you just get to, like, monologuing and screaming the fuck out, screaming, like, this will be the day that I killed Miracle Man, and then realizes what he said and turns back into a child. And then he gets murdered. Miracle Man is very yeah. dark. Miracle Man also had that other one, that Komota instead of Shazam, wasn't it? Or yeah. something like that? Yeah, it was yeah. Komota. It was Atomic spelled backwards. That's right. Because he got his powers from the splitting of the atom and and from an ascendancy of a great fucking physicist. Oh, I fucking love Miracle Man. It's so dumb. I love it. But yeah, so for this book, we're going to be referring to him as Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, all I mean, that that's how say. I was introduced to the one char- character in the one episode of Justice League he was in because I thought he had more. I didn't realize he was just in that one episode. <laughs> and don't they still call him Captain Marvel in Young Justice? Yeah, because that was that was before the. I think it was right at the New Fifty Two where that ha- that changeover happened. Yeah, so like in, like in the pre-production first two seasons of Young Justice were right before were right in the lead up to New Fifty Two, and then Young Justice was canceled until it came back, and now it kind of sucks. But, <laughs> eh, well. Yeah. So anyway, our book opens in Egypt at a recently unearthed temple of Ramses II, yeah. which uh, made sense eventually, but confused the fuck out of me since uh, the most of um, most of Captain Marvel's powers are Greek based, not Egyptian based, but they make that make sense in a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As uh, three people, um, Marilyn, Adam and Cece are heading into, are heading into the ruins to try to find some kind of fucking treasure that people haven't found about uh, trying to um, s- trying to surreptitiously get it and get the fuck out of there before uh, Saeed, their uh, liaison for like the 
Egyptian government comes in and says, hey, stop stealing our shit. You know, being good old white archaeologists. Uh, they eventually find a hidden staircase underneath a tomb. Uh, leading them to a lead them to a massive door uh, with the with the Shazam lightning bolt on it. Shazam being the wizard, not the guy again. Yeah. Yeah. Along with that, they also find some dead bodies. Yeah, the, this book was weird in the sense that it was it was dark, but not played up as such at times. You yeah, know no, what I mean? I, like, it, there was, like, things happening in the book that the tone was really off on. It was just like, it was just like you know, pe- women getting punched oh, in the right. face and, like, you know, yeah, like, like get, people yeah. getting murdered. When you, do, when you do, when you do pulp stories that, particularly pulp stories with a kid focus, yeah. you're going to end up with, like, very weird... Uh, tonal issues. It's sort of like in um, if Johnny Quest, you actually saw someone get shot in the head at the times when um, someone bothered to <laughs> yeah, but like, to, like all the times we were shooting or the explosions, they saw body parts. I wasn't expecting the shanking though. Yeah, but like the Goonies fucking had dead bodies in it and that movie's great. Well, yeah, aside from all the racism and the fat shaming and the sexism. <laughs> yeah. That was the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was the time. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a movie from the 80s, my guy. Yeah, but I didn't grow up with it, so I have no real affection oh, for it. I did, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, same, actually. Love the goodies. But yeah, no, that's... Um, yeah, no, it, it's not... It wasn't bothersome in any way to me, Like, but it was... And I wouldn't say it's arc i guess i use that word but it's it's just one of those things where like there's moments like story moment beats in this where you're like oh well you think they would play that out a little bit more in a shocking way and it's like you know it's it's just <laughs> hey dead bodies <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's so yeah no it was kind of interesting in that way i thought that and then i was like oh this is this was done in 94 this isn't even that old right like it's old it's like 30 years old now but like it's you know Fuck, not in a sense yeah it is yeah yeah but, <laughs> I keep right, forgetting. We're, like we're right at we're right at the age, um, dead where uh, the comics industry is going to get super super nostalgic for how things were in the nineties. Is there anyone who actually feels that way? Yes. They need to be stopped. <laughs> Just hard stop. Fuck that. It already feels well, like we're getting there some... with the amount of fucking variant covers and the fucking speculator yeah, market on everything now. Lenticular variant covers or like individual releases having different cuts of the content. Oh god, is some motherfucker going to try to make like a hey, or at least a comic book as an, as an NFT? <laughs> like I know NFTs are dead, but corporations are out of touch enough that they think they're still popular. Yeah, yeah, very true. Anyway. So yeah, they find the door, uh, they find a couple of the bodies and all these symbols that none of them are really able to recognize. A couple of them, they're able to kind of piece together of like, oh, hey, that's the god Isis. No relation. And Atum, a universal god of Egypt. I am not sure if it's real or is made up for this to reference Black Adam, but meh. Oh, is that? Yeah, I, do, I don't know if the god is a reference to Black Adam or Black Adam is a reference to the god. I think Black Adam's a reference to the god because there is some in 
in the weirder versions of Egyptian mythology, there's some god who stands above all other gods and is the one who uh, stands uh, stands alone against the night and constantly fights it back because there's the idea that night will never end in uh-huh. Egyptian mythology. Yeah, so they also find a symbol of two handprints. Uh, Adam tries it and gets fucking electrocuted. But then Cece tries it and gets Shazam and is able to open the door and find this big tomb thing where um, where uh, Adam immediately pulls out a knife and goes, I'm going to rip this thing apart and sell it for scrap. And Cece uh, begins seeing the ghost of a wizard that is just never mentioned. It's just there. Like, as, like as Adam is pulling out a knife to rip the scarab off, you can see like the wizard's arm then go down a couple panels. There's just the wizard fully as a force ghost. <laughs> yep. And no one acknowledges it because uh, because Marilyn's too busy trying to stop Adam from plundering Egyptian culture and Adam is too busy punching her in the face. Yeah, and like it's 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 interesting how how quick of a, a heel turn it is for Black Adam here. <laughs> like, oh it's yeah, just it's like, instant. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we got what we need. All right, fuck you guys, <laughs> like right away. <laughs> like, he's like out of my way. Yeah, just instant fucking taneous. <laughs> uh, he doesn't ease into it at all. Like you know what I mean? Like and they allude to that they've worked together prior to this right like that's there's an interesting yeah, they part know each other I'll, I'll mention yeah there's an interesting part i'll mention when you you bring it up a bit like there's a line of dialogue where i was like what <laughs> okay go ahead yeah so uh Marilyn manages to get the scare that he was ripping off the sarcophagus uh and distracts him a bit as cc just begins beating the piss out of him and she runs off to get help uh CC manages to get the upper hand and is like, hey, don't worry, bud. Everything's all great. And then Adam immediately stabs him in the back. Like, it's literally one panel between him being like, hey, I think I won't beat you up anymore, buddy, to getting stabbed in the kidneys. Yeah, which is about on the same level, dead, if you remember, as how long um, Danny Moonstar's dead dad was alive before he died in <laughs> New Mutants. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't worry, I'll be right back. Burn. <laughs> it's like... It's like not even a second later for him. But yeah, with uh, CC stabbed, uh, the tomb begins collapsing. But good old Adam managed to get outside and run into Saeed, their contact, who he immediately slits the throat of. Yeah, like I'm amazed how quick he just ratcheted up. It's like someone failing a... Uh... A hitman level, they're like, fuck, now I just gotta kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, they they went to like throw like a can of tuna at somebody and missed entirely. So I was like, all right, fuck it, pull up the machine gun. My whole my whole question too was earlier on when he started freaking out and uh you know just throwing bows in there, he 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 says, like, I warned you not to mess with my wife before. And I'm like, what the hell did this guy do to your wife before? He this? threw her down I the stairs. Like, well, uh, yeah, I yeah, I assume this guy well, the, well oh right, yeah. I was just assuming in general this guy's probably just an abusive asshole. <laughs> you know, he threw her down the stairs to get into the tomb first, and then Adam said, and then sorry, then CC said, if you touch my wife again, I'm gonna beat the piss out of you. Oh, uh, okay, because that literally happened right before. So I took that to mean like that this guy has tangled with them before. And then they, these guys. Yeah, just no, no. The idea is that these guys were somehow. This is a, probably a, a 
a victim of the pacing that like right it's it moves so damn fast i have a hard time believing these people work together at all before yeah that is (laughs) that is the worst part of this thing it was just it moves so quickly nothing is given time to like like sit or anything nothing given time to like ruminate it's just kind of go 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 Right, right. So, like, yeah, that's that's what I was so surprised at was the pacing in this scene in that sense too. Like, I thought there was going to be a little bit more buildup before he became yeah. the bad guy. I mean, at least, was, right? at <laughs> least no. the Firefly joke about curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal had a few minutes buildup before it happened. Yeah, look, we only have ninety four pages. We can't. What do you want? Good pacing or like a fucking tight book? <laughs> Well, it seems like, well, as a side effect of there being too much it going too fast, there's too much going on, I would argue. Because, like, they That's devote more time than I think is necessary to the the politics of the Egyptians losing their historical artifacts to Western douchebags. Yeah, that, that but, begins happening more, and we'll get to that when we get to it, but... Yeah, so we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, so Savannah gets out, kills... Sorry, not Savannah. Adam yeah. gets out, kills Saeed. <laughs> You're thinking about the movie. Yeah, I'm thinking about the movie. <laughs> uh, gets out, kills Saeed, and runs off to go after Marilyn, who apparently decided, hey, let's go back to the hotel first and not to the cops. Or the government. Yeah, and like, how slow was she getting her stuff together that he caught up that fast? Yeah, like, I know... Her, her getting away meant nothing if she was caught and dead on the next page. Yeah, I know, I know, like it wasn't like that long of a thing, and I know motorcycles are technically fast, but like, come on, dude. Yeah, again, <laughs> shitty pacing as a result of just how quick this goes, but just yeah. So Marilyn the, gets the, back. The dad's death is matters because they devote time to a fight scene, but the mom is, I think, shanked and just dead on the floor in two panels. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Mary, so Marilyn gets back to the hotel looking for her daughter and the tutor. They aren't there, but she's still holding the scarab. So she decides, hey, I'll stick this in my kid's tiger. A reference to Talkie Tawny, another Fawcett character. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to have as a, like, legacy character for Captain Marvel. Just a random humanoid tiger. Absolutely. But yeah, so she shoves the scarab into the into Mr. Tawny and then dies immediately. Like literally puts it in there before her hand is out of the back of it. Adam runs in and goes, Where's that fucking camera, lady? See, I mean he's not killing you will get you to answer my question. He's not messing around this guy. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, and then well, this is this is a, okay, finish and I'll say what yeah. I want to say. And then and then Mary and her tutor point. come back, and her tutor gets fucking got too. <laughs> Yeah, right away. Like, uh, like next page, page to page, he stabs and kills two people. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're just like, man, I can't kill a kid. Okay, I'm kidnapping you. Let's go. I thought that was an interesting. I thought it was interesting that they really they left that hanging and with no reference to it till like it felt like to the end of this book. Like, yeah, because like, there wasn't like, a reference to it to the end of the book. That's that was kind of like interesting but weird at the same time to me because i'm like okay well now it kind of gives you like the perfect like reasoning for him to move forward i guess maybe they had planned to do the ongoing series after this i don't know but like or i'm sure that was resolved obviously at that point uh, during that series if, the, yeah, if anything some, right at but, some point mary marvel was confirmed to be alive 
Right, but the fact that they just left that up in the air, like this whole book. Again, like, 94 pages, my guy. <laughs> I know. I was like, of all the things, though, I felt weird. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we devoted, let me count, one, two, three, four, five panels to Mary. That's all she gets. Right. Yeah, and I te- I've checked the chapters. Um, she doesn't show up in the book until issue six. There you go. That's not super late, but you know, probably introduce also, her. Probably introduce her more than. But there's literally like no reference to the fact that she's um, missing. Yeah, no, like literally the same <laughs> issue that 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 uh, Billy finds her. She's already Mary Marvel. <laughs> so weird. So <laughs> so weird. Alrighty. Okay. Anyway, enough of Egypt. Let's go to Fawcett City. Yeah. Again, Which, were they watching Batman the animated series when they drew this? Yeah, I was gonna say this like Fawcett City the way they drew it, it looks like Gotham if they got with Gotham went to therapy. I I I, I gotta say after my uh, original comments that the, I feel like the art excels in these scenes compared to the opening with because the it's the most it's the most fantastical. It's not trying yes. for realism. It's trying for it's trying for, it's it's trying for Art Deco nightmare. Yeah, it works here, though, like these scenes, uh, like these opening scenes of the city and even him in the streets and everything like that, like the time period, th- it it works in these scenes, I feel like. And, and in other scenes, maybe when he shows up as Captain Marvel later on as well. But that whole Egypt part at the start, it just that's where I really had a problem with the art uh, personally. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, so we are now into uh, Fawcett City and indeterminate amount of time later. Yeah. But, and this is where I want to brace my first um, I like the movie better than this kind of moment. Okay. I feel like this is strangely way too forced of a reason for Billy to be a bum on the street in comparison to the movie. But the movie does a better job setting up why he's in the situation he's in. I mean, not okay, only so it, we just, it just seems like they just want to set it up for the sake of it being set up so they don't have to address it. Yes, we're not there yet. Like all, all like, a, like all, like all. Literally, he becomes my Captain Marvel before we learn about him being on the street. Well, no, we see him on the street. But we we see we see him selling newspapers. That doesn't mean he's homeless. Okay. Like I, yeah, the I, first I the forgot, first time I we see, the see this thing moves so damn fast, I forgot the sequence of events. <laughs> yeah, so we see Billy Batson, uh, standing literally in the middle of traffic, just going extra, extra, read all about it, because. And it, it being the 40s, really, someone should have opened their window and punched him in the head and said, fuck off, kid. Is it the fucking 40s, though? Because this book was put out I in the 90s, know, and there is no thing looks, saying. That's not how it looks and acts. Yeah, it looks, like and, the 40, it looks like the 40s and 50s, but there is never a explicit thing saying when this takes place. And so when this book that came out in the 90s describes Fawcett City as a relatively modern city, it's like, okay, relatively modern compared to what? Yeah, I don't know. And part of that is the politics they're talking about feel very indicative of the 40s and 50s, but some of the elements of how the world works feel more modern. But again, it's kind of that because everything's so art deco, just like Batman the Animated Series, you have no idea when it's supposed to take place. Yeah, and like if they leaned into that, where it was just like this like weird anachronistic place where nothing made a lot of sense, where... <laughs> this could be a sentence I never thought I'd say. If they did it kind of like Riverdale. 
Because Riverdale, if nothing else, sets up a very specific and interesting world look of being this anachronistic thing where it is like, everyone's going to diners, they're driving old-timey cars, they also have cell phones and laptops and shit. Mm. Closing thoughts, fuck Riverdale. I'm glad it's over. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I never got on board the Riverdale train, so I'm just surprised it lasted. It was on this long. Yeah, I, I did for a few seasons. The, the moment the, the moment the first the, the moment I watched the first episode, and the moment the first episode ended with the high school kid fucking his teacher, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm out, I'm yeah, out. I, mean, I guess I made I, it up, made it up to Papa Poutine, and then I jumped ship. I was like, this is getting ridiculous. I got halfway through season one and have kept up ancillarily through the rest of the seasons. I think there's a uh, YouTuber I watch who makes fun of it, but. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, there's a YouTuber I watch who has a particular hatred for Roberto Gersacasa. Oh. Who is the creator of Riverdale. That's right, yeah. And also, to that guy's horror, the fucking chief creative officer of of Archie Comics. Yeah, he's the one who wrote Afterlife with Archie and uh, in those comics, the Sabrina one. Yeah, which is so fucking weird that those books are written by the same guy who wrote this fucking nightmare. Well, I feel like it's a difference between who you're writing for because Riverdale's written for no one the C the CW audience. No, b- bruh, it is so much worse. <laughs> it it, it Riverd- is so ridiculously Riverdale. over the top. No, it's it's crazy. Riverdale is written that happens on that yeah, show. Riverdale is written for Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. <laughs> like, do, so, do, like do you know, like his yeah. do you know, like his. Yeah, we're getting way off topic. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> do you know his fucking history with Archie? No. Before he started working on Archie Comics, he wrote a stage play about the Archie Comics characters, a bunch of whom started fucking each other, a bunch of whom he turned gay, and he Archie he put in a relationship with a real-life serial killer. It was a play that never saw the light of day outside of like one or two showings because Archie Comics fi- filed a cease and desist against him to keep him from putting that play on ever again. Seems like he just took all those ideas and put it into the show. Though. <laughs> like, yeah, it did because right? he's using this weird fucking show to just go like the amount of fucking thirst traps he puts on Instagram from, from his own sure. show sure. of just, Hey, look at all these hot guys I have on my show. Yeah. Let's, well, the show is like that, and then not only that, like the these kids are doing things that no kids should be yeah, doing. These kids, <laughs> yeah, these fifteen-year-olds, they're literally out there uh, committing crimes, and like, not that the kids don't do that at the, of teenage age, of course. Yeah, but, no, like, but there's, the... there, there's shit that goes on wasn't in the there, show. Wasn't there a it's cult? ridiculous. There was yes, a cult. There's a yeah, that was the first. Like, uh, couple there there were uh, there were um, two cults. Yeah, I believe in the same there, season. From what I understand, because I stopped watching the show, by a certain point, though, they're running businesses, they're in games, <laughs> like, there's, there's like a bunch of crazy shit like this going on, Archie while they're be- all still going to school. <laughs> Archie becomes Archie becomes the leader of two separate vigilante gangs. That's what I mean. Like, what is going on? Anyway, that's not about Riverdale. Were there witches that were not Sabrina? Yes. Char- yes. Uh, Cheryl Blossom. What? <laughs> yeah, Cheryl Blossom. Uh... Got it rough from a writing perspective. 
I, it, and I think okay. we're done for Riverdale for now. Yeah, let's stop. If let's you stop. want to force I'm, us to talk more about Riverdale, consider contributing to our Kofi at co-fi.com slash Yeah. This <laughs> sounds like a rabbit hole that people fall down. It is. Check it. Uh, do you watch Super Eye Patch Wolf? Occasionally. He did a video on Riverdale. Watch that. You'll see the you'll see following that a rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we meet Billy Batson selling papers on the corner of Parker and Binder. Our author references. Auto yeah. Auto Binder, yeah. Yep. Auto Binder know, and yeah. Bill Parker. I didn't know that one. Yeah, okay. Bill Parker. He's the other guy who made Captain Marvel. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it was CC Beck and uh Bill Parker. Okay. Then auto binder, which is which is a nice reference. Unlike if, uh, you know, if if they were referencing the original creators of Batman, there would be Kane Avenue and then a blank street. (laughs) (laughs) Just someone tries putting it like someone adapts like a Warren Ellis book and tries putting in his name and then someone just like scratches it out with harsh Sharpie. Just stop it. We're not trying to hypnotize the audience. Yeah, so Billy's trying to sell papers, and it's the only one to uh, Dr. Savannah. Who doesn't pay him. Does not pay him, and just, <laughs> just has his driver just fuck off. <laughs> give me that paper, boy. Yeah. And Billy's just like, hey, give me my fucking money, and all this gets run over. <laughs> yeah. As he, you're paying, you like it. <laughs> yeah. As he gets his, as he gets this shit rocked by a fucking oncoming car, uh, the Phantom Stranger shows up, I guess. That's yeah, kind of what I took from this. Yeah, I was kind of like, he's, okay. He's less annoying than the Phantom Stranger, but he serves the same role. Yeah. He's a little less It would have been funny if, if Billy Batson was immediately like, like, fuck you, dude. I don't want to deal with your shit. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's, it's kind of the funny thing. Like, that was kind of his personality in, like, the New 52 update of the character. Uh, Pretty yeah, much, I was, yeah. I was just trying not to mention that. but <laughs> This character, this version of Billy Batson, Kind of feels like a similar vibe, but it's from the forties. So, but he's from the forties, and he's talking to mostly white people, so he's a lot more polite. Yeah, he's not as much of a. He's. It's, it's not again. The, this is a joke that even, that both this story and the movies make, which drives me nuts. How much Billy Batson uses Captain Marvel to be horny to adult women, <laughs> and vice versa. How many right, adult uh, women use Captain Marvel to be horny to Billy Batson? Uh, well, to be horny towards Billy Batson as Captain Marvel. That's how this story ends. Okay, anyway. We'll get there. But yeah, so you were saying something, Nico? Oh, I was just going to say I liked how... Uh... Uh, I mean, it's jumping ahead without explaining that whole this whole part with the mysterious figure. But I like how later on it was at least referenced where he's like, "What? You thought I was just gonna follow a stranger into the tunnel, right?" Like I like yeah. how they kind of he yeah. referenced. Not that, even a first... phantom stranger can lead me down there, <laughs> right? Because not first, a phantom stranger. I, I I just like that they reference that because even I was like, "Why are you following this guy?" <laughs> like, just like follow me. Just yeah, like, yeah. Like, the stranger just like, there. "Come with me, because I'm gonna take you to the subway." Nothing bad. Right. Nothing bad ever happens in the subway. Yeah, I know. I thought that was weird, but so I kind of liked how they kind of made up for that later on. <laughs> but yeah, he takes him down here to the magic train, uh, which is still Egypt themed, with the yeah, scarab it's and some like particularly weird when we get to the Hall of Sins. 
yeah, so goes in this like magic train ride uh, and and ends up uh, coming out into uh, this massive cave into the uh, tomb of like this massive hallway with the seven deadly enemies of man. Like with only three of them being name brand, the other three being no name. Yeah, I kind of like four. this. I I like the look uh, of this. I, the, like, I'm okay with some of them because some of them seem like they don't want to talk about a couple of the. Yeah, sins. I don't think I don't think they're gonna make a book for children and have lust be in it. Well, you say that, but there's a joke in this about Billy staring at a woman's boobs. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, so it's the Seven Deadly Sins. They they Which are classic Captain Marvel villains. Uh, with why these did ones, they include pride and selfishness? I was thinking, why would they, why would they include greed and selfishness? Well, it, either way, it's the same. It's like that's just so. Well, yeah, pro- pride, envy, greed, sloth, or laziness, injustice. I don't get. <laughs> yeah, injustice. I don't get selfishness uh, and hatred. I guess that's wrath. I guess I don't know why they don't just call that one wrath because that's what it, it looks like. Even do they think children not know the word wrath? Yeah, as someone who's te- taught children, children are angry, stupid bastards all the time. <laughs> yes, but do any of them know? Th- can any of them do any of them know the word wrath? No, they don't know the word source. <laughs> 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 oh wow! Anyway, yeah, so he's just taking all these fucking statues, and he then meets the wizard Shazam. I'm an old bastard. Not as much as in the movie, but fuck you. Yeah, as he uh, as he just kind of like talks to Billy and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna grant you some fucking powers," uh, with the big old wall explaining the acronym of his name and the source of his powers. Which, for those who don't know, Shazam is an acronym, which is the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, stamina of Atlas, power of Zeus, courage of Achilles, and speed of Mercury. Don't know why for the last one they switched over to Roman. Uh, for the acronym, because the it would have been Shaza <laughs> if it was Greek. <laughs> I would have liked Shazaw. it more. <laughs> Shaza. I I gotta say, in terms of like, and we were talking about the length of this uh, of this book, and even in terms of like setting up the rules or the explanation of who this character is in an origin sense, almost like I, I kind of thought they did a pretty good job of covering all this in this, in this scene. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I, like you said, there is more th- things to it than, than what they really kind of explain here. As you see, as it, as the book goes on, there's times where he has to appear and explain things or things that he learns for himself as the time goes on. But I thought, I thought the, it was a pretty good approach to kind of explaining all this. At first. Yeah, I, it's I, not I bad. I, I prefer the tone of the scene between Jaimon Hongsu and the actor who played Billy Batson in the movie, just mainly because yeah. Jaimon Hongsu is going for all of the grandeur and uh, depth and wisdom of the character, and Billy's just like, eh, what the fuck is all this? He's like, shut up, kid. Yeah, Asher Angel. That's the guy's name. Asher Angel, yes. But, but it kind of, you know, it gives him the opportunity for him to sh- keep showing up, the wizard, and for him to kind of further guide him because he doesn't yeah. really explain everything to him. Like he's yeah, just no, like he's completely gone from the movie. That's one thing that this does better is that Billy keeps trying. He's like, "Wizard, tell me something about what I'm supposed yeah. to." No, help me, you fucker. <laughs> right. But no, like it's so. Yeah, look, this is where we get Billy's backstory, where his uncle Ebenezer, Badumtish. Uh. 
uh, hurls him out of his fucking house. I can't believe my idiot's brother left all those things to me. Now I can take all his money and kick his son out onto the street. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a fucking crypt keeper. Just, just like, like that's an insult to crypt keepers everywhere, dead man. I, no, like, like I, in, in, one in the, of should know. In the, in the second panel, like. Like that shows him. It shows like a close up of him because the first one is just like a like drawn back thing where he just looks like some weird fucking goblin. You go to the next one. Oh, it looks that's like rich coming from you. Yeah, in, in the in like the last one, it, in the next one it looks like his mouth, like the sides of it are like yeah, they look like teeth. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Well, yeah, again, <laughs> but like similarly, like, a lot of the characters in Batman the animated series dead don't look like real people. So, and that's more acceptable because it's a more cartoony take on the universe. But a lot of the characters of this look like they belong in Batman the Animated Series, particularly a lot of the adults. Like when we get to the janitor, who is oddly given more speaking lines than I would have thought the janitor would get. Again, I, that guy's a legacy character. I guess, but I'm just like, what is he doing? I I, I, qu- I quite really I, I laughed when I first saw that panel of of the old of his uncle throwing the doll out. The door. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just Billy on his fucking like on his knees holding his suitcase, and there's just a tiger being hawked at his head. It seems like, like I know a, it's. It seems like a joke like Freakazoid would make. Like I know this must be played up as like some tragic moment in his life, but just like the illustration no, it, it just too, made me I laugh. Didn't think it that way. It's, this is why I, I like the movie better. Is that the origin of this is so stupidly tragic? It's just silly. It, it, <laughs> it is. It is hilarious. It is hilariously tragic. Yeah, that's it's just funny because I'm like, wow, old people uh, really don't like this kid. Like guys are ripping like, him oh, off for newspapers. This <laughs> kid fell out of the tragedy tree and hit every branch on the way down. It's lucky he's not ugly. Yeah, like they could have I guess like if they were going for like a if they're going for like a more restrained origin. Right. The uncle just like dropped him off in the foster system. He was like, I don't want to fucking look after a kid. And he just and then he just left the foster system. I like I like how though he doesn't play the victim even with all these circumstances. He's just like whatever. I don't need them anyway. No, stupid I mean, idiots. You know? Yeah, I like Billy in this. Yeah, this this it's might true. It's just that the story Billy is in is I, I would argue is not as well told as the story he's in in the movie. Yeah, I this think is the story that of Shazam is told better than the story of the the power of Shazam, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I just go back to Billy. This I think this is I think my second favorite interpretation of the Billy character. Hmm. And the first being um, Superman Shazam First Thunder Judd Winnick book yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I know you, you've talked about that I have book not before. read that one I've seen it advertised everywhere I've never read it Four issues breezy read I think it's great I, I thought you were going to say the Jeff Johns one where he's an asshole Oh hell yeah baby <laughs> <laughs> Yeah the, the only reason that the, Oh god now I'm just remembering fucking, Did you ever watch Justice League War Dead uh, Yeah I think so Oh fuck that movie! It's bad it's like movie. The, it was already adapting the terrible original Jeff Johns New Fifty Two Justice League run, but then they felt the need to include the Billy Batson version from the New Fifty Two into it just to make it more insufferable. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, after after the tragedy train leaves the station and hits him at every stop. No, it hits him on the way out. Yeah, just one last fuck you. 
Uh, Throws more stuff out the door. <laughs> yeah. Billy says the word and becomes Captain Marvel and instantly regrets it and is very angry. And I love that. Well, yeah, because unlike this is one thing I like about this versus the movie is uh, he's immediately like feeling the effects of the powers and has no idea how to harness them at all. Yeah, has no idea. Has no idea how to handle the powers, has no idea. Like he didn't even know, like saying the word Shazam would do this. So this was just this is something that happened to him. The great part about why he gets mad originally, though, is is really because he's like he's pissed because he made him old. Like that's what's like. He's yeah, like, hey, like, you, you made, made me, me old. old. <laughs> Which that's I had, that's a kid kind thing. of fun. Yeah, 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 it's great. It's it, fun. It, it, it makes the character feel more like a kid. And then, like he gets, like he just grabs the wizard, yeets him out of his fucking chair, and just plops down. <laughs> because the wisdom of because sh- the wisdom of Solomon is too much. There's a voice yes. in his head talking at all times about everything, and he can't handle that. Yeah, because you know which he's is still fucking better ten. Than the movies, which is still better than the movies, where they're constantly making jokes like, "Yeah, uh, one of those pieces of your uh, name, you're not using much, bud." Yeah, it it's a thing. It's a thing that is not great with the movie in that Zachary Levi and and Asher Angel seem to be playing like the opposite versions of themselves. Where like Asher yeah, is playing and- a Asher is playing a character who who acts much older than he is. And Zachary Levi is playing a character who acts much younger than he is. Yeah. And the, the, the second movie attempts to synchronize their characterizations a little more, but what that results in is him being unbelievably stupid. <laughs> yeah. I think the rest of the cast in that movie did pretty all right in terms of for, for like the fucking like five minutes we saw them. Yeah. And they, they give to, they give the second one, they give too much time to, um, like the second one is more a Freddy movie than a Billy Batson movie, which is an odd choice. And Mary to Marvel is just basically looking for an excuse to exit the movie at all points. <laughs> yeah, she. It's got to be weird in a in a show in like a movie in a franchise that you're in, where everyone has two actors play the older and younger version of themselves. You're both. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so he, like, explains the powers, like I said, and Billy is just fucking pissed. Like, he straight up throws the old man's chair at him. It's great. Yeah. And it somehow keeps fucking missing. This old man who isn't, like, using his magic powers or anything, he's just, like, running. And the worst that happens is his robe gets caught in the rubble of his throne. Yeah. Which, I just noticed that panel, like, that's why I mentioned it. It's just very funny. Just this fucking old man just trying to yank his robe out from underneath a bunch of rocks. While still trying to be- give like the whole like, like you must you must lead against the fight against evil and uh, god damn it it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, as he's yeah as Billy is just freaking out trying to fucking kill him. Uh, the wizard says like, hey, your parents didn't abandon you; they got murdered. But that doesn't matter to a kid. They're still not here. And the thing that ends up getting him to stop right before he throws a massive globe at the guy is the stranger. Who just kind of rolls in and goes, hey, they didn't abandon you. Which at the time, reading it, was like, okay, why does he accept that so easily? Exactly. Like, he's almost like a calming presence for him, which you don't really 
and as to why at this yeah. point in time, which makes a lot more sense now that you that we think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Once yeah. once you know once you know the ending, the butt chins really stand out. But yeah, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, so Billy is uh, then kind of like sent back out into the world uh, to uh, be Captain Marvel. Uh, but he turns back into himself before heading out, uh, and in doing so. Uh, causes a massive chunk of the Rock of Eternity to just fall down and crush the wizard. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird oh, bit of like... you, kid! It's a weird bit of slapstick with the wizard that does kind of feel out of place. Or just like, I am the wizard Shazam. I am all-powerful and all-knowing. I have been housed in the Rock of Eternity for millennia. And then a fucking kid comes in and it turns into a fucking like Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. As he leaves, we then cut over to Savannah Industries, or whatever the fuck it's called. Just like the most like nondescript building of all time. Like it's just basically yeah, like it's, a it's just a fucking brick. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not a good design work on that building. Like, yeah, well, I guess they were just like, well, we don't want to make him that cartoonishly evil. We can't have him in like an Art Deco villain nightmare. Yeah. So let's just make it a building. But the result of it is they went too far the other direction. It's like, wait, does he own the whole building? Like, he didn't even, like, pimp out his penthouse or anything? It looks just like... I think it's just his office. Like, like it's a corporate building. I guess, but, but but, like, if you're going this pulpy anyway, most villain offices are, like, a little insane in some way. And his is just kind of there. Yeah, we don't really see anything else of his office. Like, we see his office and then his secret hidden room underneath the fireplace, but... It's just kind of a place. He's just kind of a guy. Yeah. He's also a mister, I'm just reading now, not a doctor now. Is this the same guy that, uh, Dr. Savannah, is that the same dude, like, uh, the thing with the bug? Isn't there that thing with the bug in? Or is, 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 if you're going by the movie, Savannah is the character played by Mark Strong. Yeah. He, because that's a very different character in the movie than in the comic and i'm fairly certain that they did that because and this is one of my first fuck you the rock moments they wanted to have originally you know black adam be the villain in the captain marvel movie but for some strange reason uh the rock was like no i don't want to be the second banana in someone else's movie so you'll have to come up with someone else so they basically turned mark strong into a version of black adam yeah like like dr savannah is He's always been like, he's always been like, all right, I'm going to, like, I am evil businessman. I'm going to fuck over uh, these guys by doing insane science. Like, he makes robots and shit. But isn't there something in the, because I could have sworn I read there, something there in is, the There is a bug with Mr. Mind. He turns into a bug. No, that, yeah. that's oh. not, he doesn't turn into a bug. It's Mr. Mind. He's a separate character. That's it. That's what I'm yeah, thinking Mr. Of. Mind yeah. is a Captain Marvel villain, a right. hyper intelligent telepathic worm. bug. Yeah, that's who, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, that's who, who then becomes the main of. bad guy of Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after hollowing out and piloting Skeet's body. <laughs> yeah, that was unnecessarily dark. <laughs> <laughs> I need oh, to read Booster's, 52. Booster's uh, robot. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Oh. No. Have you not read Fifty Two? Nico? Oh no, no! Don't spoil it. I own it. I have never read it. I want okay. To sorry. Oh, I guess we just oh, spoiled. Honey. We guess we just spoiled the ending of Fifty Two for you. Sorry. We thought you read it. It's okay. That's okay. I've heard that before. That's why I was like, stop. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so dead at some point we need to do 52 then. Yeah. Or force Nico to read it. <laughs> yep. Anyway, 
Mr. Savannah is uh, talking to the Egyptian authorities. Uh, in particular, um, the like representative, I, bl- I not, I think he's like the ambassador, the representative of like the Egyptian antiquity authorities, antiquity services, and then also Said is there because he fucking yeah, survived. Because apparently, Ab fucked up shanking him. Oh no, uh, cutting his throat. Like, yeah. he cut his throat, but he just cut. He didn't cut deep enough. Yeah, just cut his throat. And left him there, and then that guy in the middle of the desert with no fucking vehicle was just fine. He just walked back with a slit throat or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So they're they're like, "Hey, your fucking guy and your goddamned expedition destroyed a fucking historical site." And Savon is like, "But we want to. I want to make a recreation of it for my world's fair. Take this shit out. It's gonna be awesome." I just wanted some fucking shit to go in there. And the Egyptians are like, hey, fuck you, honky. Give us Adam or we're going to fucking tear you apart in the media. Right. Which I love. I love that. I love these guys just being smart about it. It's it's a very like very like small thing to appreciate when like people are intelligent <laughs> Yeah, well, like, he, like, that's, it's good because they also reference the fact that, like, you know, listen, we're in America, like, we'll, we'll, we'll play by your rules and we'll fucking shame you, like, yeah, like, publicly, yeah. like, basically, because like, they're, like, otherwise that we can handle this differently, but we're gonna, we're gonna hit you where it hurts, and, and you know, in your wallet, essentially, right, like, so, <laughs> I, that's kind of the way I looked at it, because he is still a businessman of sorts, right, so, like, yeah. it's, like, yeah, you know, so. He's a Ferengi. Ferengi. They are a race of aliens from Star Trek who have massive ears, very large foreheads, prominent teeth, and are very shrewd business people. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard, I've heard of the, uh, them before, yeah. Yeah, especially later as we're about to get to a second. He, Savannah looks a lot like a Ferengi. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so as the two of them, as the two Egyptians leave to go shit on this guy on public radio, uh, Savannah heads down into his secret lounge where Adam is hanging out, reading the newspaper and just still bringing the prick. And really that panel specifically, the most he looks like uh, him when he transforms, I think in the face, like I think we've gotten so far, like, oh he just yeah, looks it's very menacing in that, in that panel. The angle of like, the ears really sells it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Even like the haircut, like the, the whole, the whole thing is, is like, oh, okay. Like you really see, uh, Black Adam there as a yeah, result. Yeah, just a very panel. aggressive yeah. widow's peak. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, speaking of the radio, well, I wonder. Like, it's weird that he looked that much like Adam before he even turned into Black Adam. It's weird. We'll get to that. In, we'll get to that later. But yeah, like speaking of radio, uh, the radio is on, and it's just dudes on the radio making fun of Savannah. It's like, hey, your fucking fair sucks, dick, bro. As Adam then says, yeah, I'll just blow up the radio station. It'll be fine. As we cut to later that night, as Billy Batson is sleeping in a gutter. As three dudes, one of them apparently being Adam. It's not exactly clear because they're all dressed like 1940s. Generic, dra- generically dressed white dudes. <laughs> yeah. Hired goods. Yeah, fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's Indiana Jones, Dick Tracy, and a fucking cabbie. 
Yeah. So the shadow. Uh, the shadow's driver. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, they yeah, so it turns out Billy is sleeping in the gutter of the radio station as these three fuckers are climbing out there to s- strap dynamite to the fucking broadcasting tower. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't find a hostage to like uh, tie up to the bomb. Eh. They haven't got there yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's it's put the cart before the horse, I guess. But yeah, so so Billy just goes up, sees the bombs, and just talks to them. I thought the smartest kid. It's like you guys stop this bad thing right now and turn yourselves over to the cops. He doesn't even say that. Warning you. He doesn't even say that. He just he just says what they're doing, and then Adam just walks over, just shoves them off the roof. Uh, as he's falling, he remembers the magic word. And then everyone's like, and everyone just looks over. Man, I want to go see that dead kid who fell off the roof. What? Why is there just a crater there? As Captain Marvel then flies up boot first. Kicks the shit out of two of them. Uh, but then Adam recognizes him as uh, C.C. Batson. Yeah, which that's one kind of cool element of this that like his is part because as far as i understand it the the way he looks as captain marvel is based on like his version of a perfect version of himself so he basically imagines himself as his father yeah it's it's either it was either that or it was like or it was like the perfect version of himself if it were to grow up yeah which either way oh my god a son looks like his dad what is he biologically related yeah, which it, by comparison, the movies, I don't know what they would do for that. It's like, I guess he just wanted to look like this. Yeah, he was a big fan of Chuck. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, bad guys go to escape as uh, Billy dives at the bomb and hucks it across the water, but he doesn't know his own strength and it lands in the middle of the faucet fair. Which, you know, sucks to suck Savannah. As he as he then heads back down to run downstairs and grab and uh, get the fucking bad guys. He grabs one of them and hucks him into the other guy. Mm. As they apparently multiplied along the way. Oh, no, he just grabbed some random dude and threw it at him. Oh, OK. I'm just reading through again. He like rips through the top of the elevator. There's just a fucking like. I guess it's the like elevator attendant. I guess. <laughs> yeah, he gets knocked unconscious. Remember when that was a job? Yeah, he gets knocked unconscious. Billy just grabs him and yeets him at a guy with a gun. Yeah, it's the guy that yells "Holy cow!" when he rips through the top. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> he just whips him. Yeah, and the other two guys go to escape by car. Uh, Billy just grabs it and throws it into a fucking wall. Which I'm wondering if that's an intentional reference to Superman. Uh, could be possibly. Yeah, because for those who don't know, Action Comics number one, the cover of it is Superman grabbing a car and hurling into a fucking rock. Yeah. As a guy's in front, just like holding the sides of his head like he's fucking Macaulay Culkin. And the follow-up panel of him throwing the car is Billy Batson holding the sides of his head, freaking out. I like when he flies off the view of the car actually going through Yeah, it's fully through the wall. Yeah, but that you can kind of see it actually coming out from the like 
the the actual uh, passageway, like of the driveway or whatever, like a little bit, like yeah. so you actually see it from two different uh, ends of the. Like even though they had, because most people would just have it going through the wall, and then they wouldn't actually show you it, like coming through the other side. Like I, I don't know, just really good, I think, uh, use of that, like the perspective of him flying off and showing that in the background in that scene. Yeah, yeah. As the cops roll up, and there's like, hey, he's getting away. Do you want to fly after him, shithead? Rest these guys. <laughs> Uh, as Billy's just flying along and decides now's a good time to turn back into himself. As he immediately falls out of the fucking sky and lands on a Savannah branded dirigible. That that being said, he dislike this panel of his face uh, as he transforms back into a kid. It looks very large. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't yeah, it, know. Like, it I, looks like it looks like man head on boy body. He right so like um, yeah I don't know I just when I saw that it kind of stuck out to me like not in a good way when I was reading this the first time around I was like oh yeah that that wasn't great and then he said then he turns transforms again and sets the dirigible on fire <laughs> well just, yeah and uh, they do make that joke in the movies with Terry Christian it's like is that why this house keeps getting struck by lightning yeah just fuck you Savannah in particular I guess. Well, I mean, I don't buy that because he's such an unconscionable dick. I don't mind. He's just, he just keeps getting fucked over by accident. I know. It's just very funny that it just keeps happening. Like, that's how they became arch nemeses. Just Billy Batson kept accidentally destroying his stuff. Like, it's hell. a very, like, kid movie villain motivation, but. Yeah. Uh, so Billy heads back to the subway, just like, just like, hey, I keep blowing shit up. I cannot do this. I'm going to go give these powers back to the wizard. Uh, heads on down into the subway, which is a normal subway. And then he meets up with uh, the custodian of his school, at least for one panel, uh, who I believe is Uncle Dudley. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice it the first time. But he looks familiar. Yeah, Uncle Dudley, another member of the Marvel family. Mar- Captain Marvel has a massive fucking family. Yeah, which is why it's weird that um, a big complaint people have had about the movies is that they jumped to the Marvel family way too quickly. I can see that to an extent. Because like it's cause, like the first movie was like, hey, we have we have these seats for like these like seven wizards and then. We get one, and then the very five, the final five minutes you get six, and it's like okay, the next one is them finding the seventh wizard, I guess. They could have stressed that a bit more, mm. made Billy feel like competent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the wizard, the wizard shows up and starts talking to him, uh, in a void on top of a mountain. As he's just like, uh, as he's just like talking to uh, the wizard, just saying, "Hey, fucking take these powers back! I don't want them." To which the wizard's like, "Okay, fuck it. If you keep going down this path, you'll meet the guy who killed your parents." Like finally getting but through. But don't let your anger control you. Then why did you tell me that? Why are you so angry when telling me this? Because <laughs> he looks fuck. The wizard looks fucking pissed. Yeah, well, because I... He's just frustrated. Well, the movie does this, too. He's like, God, this is not working out, as I hoped. I am an ancient wizard talking to a modern 12-year-old. 
what was I expecting? Mm. But yeah, uh, the wizard uh, like effectively agrees, like, hey, you deal with the guy who killed your parents, and then you can get the powers back and be a normal kid. At least that's the way Billy interprets it. Yeah, that's the way they kind of play it. Yes, and then Billy snaps back to reality. Whoop, there goes gravity. <laughs> as as uh, Mr. Dudley, the janitor in school, is like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to take you to school. Because you've been skipping. I can't. You, you need to come to school, kid. Which is amusing to me because it's meant to be a scene of an adult showing proper care for a child. But um, in modern times, that act would get him arrested. Yep. Just, oh, you're holding a child by the back of his neck, leading him out of a subway? That's. You're going to get on a list, my friend. Yeah. As we cut back to Savannah Industries, hearing about uh, all of his shit exploding, finding out about Captain Marvel, looking like a fucking cartoon character, even more so with his with his sleeping cap. <laughs> I like this look. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous, but it it's, works. <laughs> it's a it's a solid look. It doesn't mesh. No, no, I just, I just think it's funny. Like, but uh, if it, it, you know, I I feel like this character. The way he he carries himself, you want to. He keeps thinking like he's, you know, like something much more important and threatening than he is. And it really, like, I they keep look making him look cartoonish at times. I feel like throughout, like he's he's no Lex Luthor. Let's put it that way. No, he's no Lex <laughs> <You know>? Luthor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So he storms down to go confront Adam as. Adam, I guess, realizes that he was the reincarnation of Black Adam and then gets his powers back. This is kind of a leap, and uh, we need to wrap this up. Absolutely. This is amusing because they've been rushing through everything. So now they're like, oh, wait, yeah. no, we got to get to the point. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's the like, same thing. It's like they were rushing, through, like- they were rushing <laughs> through everything, and then they realized, oh, we set this up, but never actually explained what the fuck was happening. So let's just fucking barrel through this. Exactly. Yeah. That because whole there thing was- of her hiding the jewel. Like, I was like, okay, that's taken a while to, like, he, he had to rummage through this kid's belongings before he's like, hmm. Oh, I wasn't even talking about the jewel. I was talking about the power stuff because. Oh, that too. They they set that up a little bit at the beginning. Yes, yes, yes. And then just nothing happened with it. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm an immortal Egyptian ruler. Shazam. Yeah, two pages. I know. Actually, if we're going with dead's being consistent, it should be Shazam. (laughs) Shazam. (laughs) Shazam. Levi-Osa, not Levi-Oshazal. <laughs> yeah, as uh, as Black Adam just beats the shit out of fucking Savannah, sets his place on fire, and fucks off. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly surprised um, Savannah lived through this because, like, I guess uh, he's an ongoing Captain Marvel villain, so yeah, he, he kind of has to survive, but... Nothing nothing about the way this story plays out suggests I, he should. <laughs> this story does Savannah kind of a disservice because you say he's no Lex Luthor. He kind of is Captain Marvel's Lex Luthor. Well that's that that's the role he plays, but in this that's not how he's played. Right. In you this know, story. in in this story, he's just some fucking like bumbling shithead, like he's a fucking Gotham villain. 
Yeah, like yeah. like Rupert Thorne, just like random one-off gangster number three from Gotham City would be like, okay, get it together, man. <laughs> yeah, look, no, absolutely, absolutely. Like I know, play into the goblin Luther, thing. But... Get yourself a fucking knife or something. <laughs> but like, let's be honest. I feel like Adam was just mooching off of his rich ass this whole time, and like, you absolutely, know, like, before, uh, like before, like as quick as he flipped with the with the other people when he went to with uh, CC and all that when he went to steal all that shit. Like it's the same thing here. He's like, all right, that's enough of this. I've got my powers now. Yeah, <laughs> I got one second. I've got what I'm looking for. Fuck off. Yeah, one second leaves it, throws him in the glass, puts the place all up in flames, and fucks off. You know yeah, mean? just, just like, out a window, just out a wall, not even a window. Yeah. Even- now the only good thing about it is it keeps consistent that when this Adam guy decides to kill somebody, he's like, "Ah, eh, fuck it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adam. Yeah. All the power in the world, consistently no follow through. Listen. <laughs> no, I like I like too. Like even in that last scene when he's like, you know, Savannah's the one that's busted his uh busting his ass having to talk with these guys about, you know, and they're 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 planning a you know, uh, make him look bad in the media, right? And meanwhile, he goes in the other room. This guy's sitting there reading a paper. Like, yeah, just right? hanging out. <laughs> Surprised he didn't come in there. Very, um it's very dark side sitting on the couch. I'm surprised yeah. when he came down there, uh, Black Adam, what like Adam wasn't just wearing like a fucking wife beater and like the striped underpants, would just holding a can of beer. <laughs> you know, you know what though? That actually, I, I never thought of well, it. Well, at, at that so- point, dead. He's basically Stanley Ipkiss from the Dark Horse Mask comics. <laughs> <laughs> just, just walks there. One of these days, Savannah to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, maybe it is some good characterization on the right on Jerry Ordway's part for him because, like, he seems like so disinterested. Like that does kind of ring to to me, like Black Adam, like how he is in the comics now. Like he's just like he's just so disinterested in like helping anybody else but his like country. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't care about anything. Like it seems like even in this, he's like, uh, I guess I'll work with you until I don't need you. Like, no, right? yeah, he's a, it, this is weird that. The problem I have with this is, again, fuck you, The Rock. Um, Black Adam is meant to be the, like, big bad, the, like, ultimate threat that Shazam, that Captain Marvel has to fight all the time. Right. And at least in this story, I mean, based on the way they set it up, I guess anyone can be Black Adam because it's just whoever's possessed by it. But he's just kind of a a useless, greedy shit. Hmm. Whereas everything, whenever I think of Black Adam, I think ego. I think ego. Uh, yeah, conquest. I think uh, gives no fucks about anyone. I guess that's kept consistent, but that's that's what anything, I was referring I just, to. Yeah, more than anything, I just expect ego and sure. This character's uh, too pathetic to have an ego. <laughs> I, I, I would I would say compared to other versions of him, like even more in, like by today's standards in the comics, like he's uh, like you said, the ego th- is still there. But I think he's more restrained. Where in this, he's more greedy and bloodthirsty. I would say, like compared to like yeah, versions like, of I mean, himself. Like, yeah. versions of Black Adam when they make him kind of his own character, he has kind of a dignity to his arrogance. That's right. But even like when he was a villain. He he has this like any good traits he has are often undone by his own uh, self obsessed arrogance. Yeah, but that's there's but not that's, really a lot of that here. He's just he's just a greedy shit. He's just a cock. Hungry. 
Yeah, but but in but in that sense, it, this is also him prior to actually getting the powers. Like the versions that we're probably more used to, or at least that I'm referring to, is him with having the powers for a, having had them for a long period of time. You well, know not just I mean? that; he so also like had Kondok. Right. Well, that's yeah. Well, Kondok's that, not that, a thing yet. That's true. <laughs> that's right. Right. Which is that? That's the version of the character I probably know best. I've read the yeah. most of. Yeah, like, like the Kondok uh, gives Kondok gives him a Kondok gives him a compass identity it, it gives him a thing to fight for that isn't himself meaning yeah i mean like but if, but he yeah. does but it does that by making him believe that kondak is himself well yeah that like it reinforces his ego it's like this is the proof that i am a god i must fight for this because i am their god yeah it, it is my noble burden yeah, it's it's a really great and way of like. Every time anyone has ever said that phrase, I've wanted to slap them in the face. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a great way of like giving a character the leeway to do good things. Yeah, I also uh, like the, the idea, and this is probably just a factor of the way the DC universe is constructed. That it's right next door to the other dictatorial Middle Eastern country controlled by a DC supervillain, Bialia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like back to back. Uh, so I'm just now I'm just imagining Black Adam and Queen Bee having tea together, uh, f- figuring out regional defense plans. Now th- that they would say that they would say, "Hey, we're going to be doing this." Neither of them would say anything because they don't want to a give anything away or b make it seem like they need help running their countries, and then both their teas will be poisoned. That's right. Well, yeah, yeah. obviously they would just stare. They would just sit in the room staring at each other, saying, "Which of them will die first? <laughs> yeah, and the answer is Queen Bee. Well, yeah, because like. I, I don't think her powers work on Black Adam, if I remember correctly, but I don't know. What are her powers? Uh, well, her whole thing is she controls all men. Huh. All right. Yeah, I'm like, not familiar like with She's her. the queen, so she has drones. And the only people that work for her that she trusts are women. Because she can control all men, but she doesn't trust men because of that. So she just controls all men. And I think I think Adam is just one of the few male characters so powerful she can't control them. Okay, but so I'm reading up some stuff on... Uh, Queen Bee? Yeah, on Queen Bee. Um, the Queen Bee you're referring to and the Queen Bee who runs Bialia, I think, are different people. Oh, okay. Well, that's entirely possible. DC constantly re... Uh, Jiggers their characters. Yeah, it, yeah. In, you're looking at all the different like queen bees because there are six <laughs> queen bee of Bialia is an ordinary human femme fatale who gained control of the terrorist nation of Bialia by forging an alliance with its former ruler, Colonel Ruman Harjavti, then assassinating him. Okay. She did then See, brainwash. The of Queen Bee I was introduced to was the one from Young Justice, where she I... is both the queen of Bialia and also has uh, psychic abilities that allow her to control men. I think that is a combination. I can believe that because most of the ad- most of the like TV and movie adaptations tend to take pieces from various versions and make the best possible version in most cases. Yeah. So so, so getting like a. Uh... Yeah, so, so getting like um, just like taking like the mind control stuff of, of the, look at it, of the sixth queen bee, and then combining that with queen bee of Bialia. But anyway, 
back to the book. So Black Adam, after setting a man on fire, well, trying to anyway, and failing horribly, uh, fucks off to go look for Billy Batson. Meanwhile, Billy is trying to get out of trying to get out of school. As his old teacher is just like, hey, I'm like, hey, we haven't seen you in a couple days. I want your uncle to come in. Let's have a talk. Because he doesn't want anyone in school knowing he's homeless. Yeah. Right. Which I do wonder, I guess it depends on how, and this probably hasn't been going on for that long, I don't know, but uh, at some point, someone, the way schools work, an adult has to come in and register the kid for classes, even for elementary school. Yeah, so, so like, the way it's being, the way, like, it plays out, it hasn't been that long. Yeah, that's what I have to assume. Like, a couple of months, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he heads off. So Black Adam heads off so to. It hasn't reached the level of my character in your um, Pine Box game. It has not, no. <laughs> but in fairness, in my Pine Box game, I'm also not as aggressive about it. Not one of your parents is like take like hu- like bundled up all your shit and just hucked it at you while you're out in the street crying. Yeah, no, the closest we got to that is like, Mom, I've been attacked by a monster. Can you come get me? It's like, Ugh, I'll try to fit it into my schedule. <laughs> Inside jokes, everybody. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Black Adam finds uh, Billy's hovel. His little piss-stained cardboard that he sleeps on. And finds the tiger with the other part of the scarab in it. Also, meanwhile, this is happening right outside the radio station, where the Egyptian... Uh, Diplomats, I, I don't know. I, I've never, I never know what to call these guys. Uh, dignitaries. Dignitaries is a term you could use. Representatives. Yeah, the Egyptian ambassador is wrong because they don't I, like they represent the Egyptian government, but they're they're not talking to the Egyptian government. They're just to the American government. They're just talking to Western individuals. They just maybe have the what they could maybe tell more powerful Egyptian government officials to do something. So that's yeah. So the Egyptian representatives are heading out of the radio station uh, after having just shit talked Savannah on air for, I don't know, like an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, get into a car as this is happening. A cop is trying to arrest black Adam. Very brave of him. <laughs> yeah. Back when the cops did their job. <laughs> And then uh, the cop goes flying out of the fucking street and lands in lands on top of the Egyptian's car. As Black Adam is just immediately like, okay, well, time to kill you. Uh, and then Captain Marvel shows up. Just immediately. And then we get a panel from a creep show comic. Yeah, what an intense close-up <laughs> of his face. Yeah, yeah like the yeah, close-up like- and the lighting. Come and get me, kid. I was like, oh, <laughs> I liked it though. It's, it's good. yeah. The light, the, the it, it was a good, it was an effective panel because you're like, look at this fucking creep. <laughs> yeah, I think the 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 hope the hyper shadowed, um, heavily artistic take on this on this art style works better for the darker elements, not for the kid elements. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so they just start fucking fighting. Just beat the piss of each other. Uh, they fly into a, I don't know, a Betty Page photo shoot. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, and that's what I that's what I took from yeah. it. Yeah, as Betty both Page Black shoot. Adam and uh, like, like Black Adam grabs her fucking like shawl or whatever, like her wrap. And then Billy's like, oh, tits. 
And both of them are just yeah. staring at her. Thanks for the eyeful, lady. Yeah. <laughs> I get why they did it for both characters. Like Black Adam, he's a creep. Billy, he's a he's becoming a teenager. But even though on the next panel they say, say, a boy your age shouldn't be looking at naked ladies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's villain shit. Talk down to the child. I mean, Tad insulted. Well, I mean, it's, it's, then he talks shit about his dead too, mother. Yeah. The dialogue for that seems too on the nose. A little bit. Because he yeah. then goes like, what would your mother think? Oh, wait, I killed her. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. As they immediately fall into the Savannah World Fair. Yeah. And proceed to trash it, which, you know, cool. <laughs> yeah. And they also fly into the uh, recreation of the Tomb of Ramses II, where his parents died. And yeah. he just beats the piss out of him. He does the full fucking dark Mary Marvel and grabs him by the fucking leg and just swings him around. Mm-hmm. Used him like a fucking club. And, and then yeah. we cut away to the old school uh, radio reporter reporting on Savannah burning down in his own building. This is Monty Sanders reporting from a terrible scene of raging fire at the Savannah building. You know, I gotta say that the actual pacing and panel layouts, I think, for the this fight scene is actually done quite well. I will say, yeah, I, it's, I think it's, it's a solid it's, fight. It's pretty, pretty good. Like even when he they breaks out after that part with the guy uh, on the radio there, and uh, uh, you get the you get like that six panel page where you know what I mean, like it, that that's done really well. I felt and yeah, yeah, it's, no, I know. I the yeah, sequence it, is good. It does a better job showing how powerful these characters are in comparison to like the fight between. Captain Marvel and Shazam and Savannah in the movie, because with that, it, it, that kind of runs into the same problem that the Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies did, where they just fly around and throw or hit each other, but there's no impact most of the time, so it doesn't feel weighty. But in this case, they're like throwing beams at each other, toppling buildings, and yeah, and then also just like stuff. yeah, then also like on top of that, they're also just beating the piss out of each other. Yeah, which the only other time I've seen a, a Captain Marvel fight this brutal was, again, against Superman in the one episode of Justice League Unlimited, where people were like, oh, God, run away. Uh, and also, this brings up the fucking thing I was talking about at the goddamn start, where, like, they're fighting, and uh, and Black Adam's like, this power is mine. And Billy's like, that's we got it wrong, Buster. This power belongs to the man who gave it to us, the wizard shit. And you know who I mean. Yeah. Yeah, th that's when I noticed that they like they created their own problem. There. <laughs> yes, and it just seems like DC cannot get away from it from that problem of huh, we can't call it what we called it before, and we can't come up with a good name to replace it, so we're just gonna have bad jokes, yeah. I guess. So the captain. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> but yeah, as as the reporting's happening, uh, Billy and. Uh, so, uh, Billy and Black Adam uh, grab fucking eye beams to start sword fighting. <laughs> they're just like toppling this building on top of themselves just over and over again, beating the piss out of themselves. And it's a great little bit here where like uh, Adam tries the same trick he used on Billy's dad and Billy like plays along yeah, with I it like for that. a second. That's probably my favorite part of the fight, where Billy's like, oh, yeah, my dad's too, squish too squeaky clean. He would have fallen for that, but I'm a street kid. Yeah. <laughs> I've fought adults in gas station parking lots, you motherfucker. Yeah, he just sidesteps the boot, grabs the grabs him, and just rips his fucking scarab off of him, which strips his powers, I guess. Yeah. 
Which, um, speaking of DC, you know, it's another time I really appreciate that same kind of joke. Um, if either of you remember Static Shock, when Joker teamed up with a bunch of villains from Static Shock, and he tried to buzzer Static. <laughs> uh, man, I love Static. I need to watch that show again. It's really good. It holds up. I've been rewatching all the. It some of it hits way too hard, but you <laughs> yeah. know, that's not... <laughs> more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. But yeah, so as his powers are, as Black Adam's powers are gone, uh, and the building's falling down on him, hey, you might die, but Billy's a good guy, saves his life, gets him out into the sky, as the wizard then sends a bolt of lightning to his throat, which slits his throat, meaning he can't talk anymore and can't say the magic words. <laughs> which it would be funny if, you know, the wizard ever decided to use that approach to deal with Shazam in the, not Shazam with black Adam in the future. Yeah. Black Adam. The other Sabak. <laughs> Fucking anybody. <laughs> but now he's too busy. I don't know. Eating prunes. Yeah. So he, again, the, the, my, my favorite version of the wizard, um, not as a good character, but just to make fun of is the one from, uh, justice league action. Or he just seems like an annoyed uh, shithead who just keeps like, oh, right, I have to deal with, I have to let Billy deal with shit. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Yeah, so Billy drops off uh, Adam with the cops. Uh, luckily, the cops are looking for him. Uh, but yeah, so Billy then flies off back into the weird void where the wizard is. As Billy's like, hey, Take the powers. I'm done, I think. And at this point, we get the reveal that the stranger is, oh my god, it's Billy's dead, and he knew the entire time. Right. In spite of every piece of dialogue he has being, I think I know you, but I don't. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 hit very lamely. Very like, lamely. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's also, again, that's I don't, you can disagree if you want dead, but for me, the most powerful scene in the first Shazam movie was when Billy finally found his mother and she's like, can you leave? Yeah, that shit was destructive. <laughs> it was like so understated and understandable from her point of view with while still making her a piece of shit. Yep. It was incredibly well handled. That first Shazam movie is way better than it has any right being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember when they came out. I think it was after the first Wonder Woman, I want to say. Like, yeah, that was it was the, about two years after the first Wonder Woman. Yeah, it yeah, was, like, it was in between to, uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman? No, it was Wonder Woman, Aquaman, then Shazam. Ah. So, so at that time, because I never actually ended up seeing Aquaman, like I, after seeing Wonder Woman and then seeing that... Never seen an like, octopus play the bongos. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I was just happy for DC because I was like, okay, they got a couple of good ones under their belt finally. Like after watching Shazam, because I went in with low expectations at that point, right? And yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I was, mean, but everyone's also saying the same thing about uh, the Flashpoint. Flash <laughs> right. Well, like I, I'm I saw gonna call it Flashpoint because that's what it fucking is. Yeah, but. I saw a Twitter thread that was people's reaction to Flashpoint or the people reaction to the Flash that just got more and more negative as the thread went on. Yeah. 
sure. You know, it was like a person like re- it was like a person like retweeting everyone's reaction, and it was just, oh my god, Flash is the greatest fucking thing ever. Down to, oh my god, this is fucking stupid. Is this a parody of? Is this a parody of fucking that Batman? What the hell? Right. Uh, I don't know. I, think I, don't know, I have no, no matter how much DC tries, I have no hype for this movie at all. No, yeah, no, yeah. I'm also a bit conflicted about seeing it because Ezra Miller's kind of a nightmare. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not paying to see it ever. I may torrent it at some point, but I, I don't feel comfortable giving money to this movie. Yeah. Anyway. So, Hey, the ghost, the fan of strangers is Billy's dad. Oh my God. And Hey, guess what? Your sister is still alive. And if you keep your powers, you can find her. Billy. Just right. Just the, just the wizard <laughs> finding a way to just worm his way into letting having Billy keep the powers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you might be able to find your sister. Eh? That that was really that was really. I'm like, if this isn't a setup for things to come, like after I don't know what is. And well, also, it only kind weird. of is because, like I said, when I I found the issue where they found she found Mary and she's like six issues oh, in. Yeah. By the way, I'm Mary Marvel now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, so they right. clearly didn't care that much so weird yeah it's also so great weird. like he dives out of the fucking thing it's like don't worry i'll find her i swear it and the panel's just like you fucking manipulated my kid wizard right yeah <laughs> and i mean by the same logic as i said at course the start of this fucking over mary marvel is a dc tradition so you kind of have to keep it going <laughs> yeah anyway come back to the school where savannah is a homeless man living outside of it love that <laughs> I, I do like that I he's do very like that. golem in that image he is he's very just like <laughs> like he looks like he lives under a bridge he probably does yeah and I mean that for two different reasons yeah <laughs> and then we cut to the scene that ends it which is just uncomfortable it is a little it is a little uncomfortable yeah <laughs> solely for I mean, Billy and nobody else I, you gotta love this look though the turtleneck with the pipe <laughs> Oh yeah, just this. It's very, it's very doc, Doctor Venture is what I was thinking of. When yeah, I just... <laughs> yeah, it, that is the most like pulp adventurer this person has ever looked. Right, but that's what I mean. Also, like what a kid at uh, that age would think to make himself look sophisticated at that time. Look, like, I am an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am an adult. I have a turtleneck and a pipe. I tried to get a tweed blazer, but like if I was a corduroy one. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of dig that. What? Uh, what? Know. Can I have the stocks page? What? What? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, politics. <laughs> also, that after the teacher hits on him, he does the backwards walk out the door. <laughs> yeah, just awkward starfish out as quick as he can. Yeah, and it, that the, that creepiness of that scene is further reinforced by the fact that if you buy the collection that includes the series and this. The first issue they show after this is a field trip with one of his teachers to a museum, which ends with him as Captain Marvel being hit on by his teacher. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> why is that a running joke? I, I, I do I do love the last page of this, though, just with the Savannah panel with him looking up menace like, oh, damn you. I'll get you, Suzanne. You know what I mean? Like, with yeah. the, like holding the paper scrunched up and yeah. he's got like yeah. one yeah. one glass that's cracked. Which is also you know? spectacularly <laughs> funny because I don't think they ever even met. <laughs> they didn't. He just kept destroying oh. his shit accidentally. <laughs> Yet, yet he looks up in the sky, like almost like menacingly, as he's like yeah. flying it's, away. <laughs> it's the literal version of that line from Endgame. 
I don't even know who you are. Oh, I was, I was thinking of uh, for whatever reason, I think of the Batman Beyond one. It's like you're the man who killed my family. Do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? Well, that's also that also works. <laughs> right. For me, the I don't even know who you are one plays better for this. Yeah. Because it's like, you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Star-Lord, dude. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and then it ends with a dedication to CC back Bill Parker, Otto Binder, and everyone else contributed to the Marvel family. And that's the power of Shazam. It was all right. Yeah. It was, that's, pretty, that's... it was pretty fine. I would and, say three three out of five stars for me. Based yeah, on definitely. Uh, I'd go with three and a half because I had fun reading it the whole time and nothing really bothered me that much aside from a few cringy jokes. And I also, it, I've also had a lot of fun discussing this with you too. So that often helps. Whereas some of the, even some good books we've talked about, they're draining to talk about. Like, yeah, I'm thinking just... back on our, on our House of X, Power of X episode. And... <laughs> yeah. Particularly for Dead, that was a... That book was a fucking nightmare for me. Oh, because Dead kind of, as he progresses through the book and has to explain what's going on, that was 12 painstakingly, like, intricate, plotted, like, issues to kind of get through, right? we're developing the political structure of this society we made up. (laughs) And everything we do we think is a great idea, despite it being objectively and provably awful. Yeah, that was the thing. You guys were ju- like every every decision that was made. Then there was let's discuss how this is possibly a horrible idea, <laughs> right? Not possibly, so, provably. Yeah, provably, yeah. objectively. X Men comic since House of X, Power of X. It's been a provably bad idea. Yeah. I also, it's uh, my favorite part of that. In the entire thing is still gold balls. When he makes the gold balls, then the person who alters reality makes them into eggs. That's why gold balls is necessary. That's right. He's part of the council. <laughs> he's not part of the council. He's part of their immortality program. He's, yeah, the resurrection protocol. So that's the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sinister just finished hijacking. Uh, of course he that's did. Right. Sins of Sinister. <laughs> God. But yes, that was uh, that was one of our three plus hour conversations, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that one. Pretty close. Yeah, this uh, one uh, kept to a tight hour forty. There you go. Yeah. And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back in the near future uh, with, I believe, Day Tripper we decided on. That is, uh, that was, that was Nico's pick and the rest of us were like, okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. And then after that, my pick. (laughs) Yep. uh, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon. uh, Put out by Vertigo. I, I just oh, hope you guys peace, vertigo. Yeah, I just hope you guys enjoy it because I this is one of my favorite uh, books. Like honestly, I, I'm surprised we never have talked about it. I don't feel like I've talked about it on the show at all in the past. Uh, I'm looking forward to revisiting it. It's been a while. Yeah, we'll be interested to see what happens. Uh, so, yeah. thank y'all for joining us. Until next time, though, I'm dead. I'm Birdie. Nico. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>